Hey, come on, come on, give it up one more time. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us, uh, if you're here because of this unique special guest we got here today, I just want to say welcome. So glad you could join us. And I love what God's doing right here in Victory Church. Do you love your church? Come on, let me hear you. Uh, uh, just a couple of quick things. First of all, as Katie said, I always love to take a moment and just let you know where your giving is going. We have so many people who are faithful every month to give towards victory through their tithes and their offerings. And we're not only able to do stuff like this, where we're able to have church service and put on a great service, but we have so much happening outside of the four walls in different ministries. As you heard from Katie, I, I believe I felt it in my heart just a second ago. I'm going to share with you over the next couple of weeks more that she's doing with that project because I think that we can have a bigger impact. Don't you? You think that? I got three of you. We'll do it together, three of us. Um, but it's just important for you to know because, you know, as you guys are tithing, as you're giving, you know, my Maserati does need, you know, some new tires and different things. Uh, in case you're visiting, I don't drive a Maserati, okay, just so we're clear. It's more of a Ferrari, but don't worry about it. Um, Anyway, and so uh, if, if you're looking, if you want to say, hey, we want to start supporting victory, we want to start uh, honoring God with our tithes, with our, which I will be talking about more in November, it's a great place to do it because not only are we having ministry right here in Antioch, but we're doing ministry all over the world uh, and all over our county. And so thank you again, everybody who gives. Thank you for allowing us to be able to do something like Katie's talking about, where not only are we putting her in El Salvador, but we're helping special ministries. Amen. Uh, again, let me remind you, after service, there will be Grow Track. Grow Track's available. That's your opportunity to learn more about the church and to get involved as the church continues to grow as we get ready. We've been in our building now since the end of April, and we're starting to see real momentum. We're starting to really impact people in this area, and I'm excited about it. I've got some, some community meetings that are going to be meeting here soon, so I'm excited to have a footprint in the community. Uh, and we just need people, more people to serve. We need poor, more people on our kids' team, more people on our first impressions team, our production team, our worship team. Come on, how about that worship? service. Did you enjoy that? My goodness, we're blessed. Um, and, and you don't get any of that without our production team. Come on and give it up for our production team real quick. And so listen, if you've been coming, if you call Victory Church your home, do me a favor. Go through Grow Track. Get on one of our teams. Let's get ready for this fall season and then getting into 2023. I got a lot of vision for 2023. I'm going to be sharing with you in a couple of weeks. And we just need everybody on the team so that we can be impactful. Amen? Amen. Uh, so what's going to happen today, we, we have a guest speaker, but I, but I want to explain for a second why him and why now. Uh, a why now is because we've been in a series called Living Room Leaders, and I've been talking for the past six or seven weeks. We have a couple more sermons coming up about it, but the idea that we are leaders as we're parents, as we're Christians at our workplace, and how to not only live like Christ, but how to lead like Christ. And when I set out to do this sermon series, I wanted to stay in the book of John, and I'm going to explain why that's important in a little bit later. But it's important that you understand that as we lead like Christ, leading from a place of unity is so important. Being able to be a diverse church that understands that our culture is diverse. And if we're going to lead, we have to lead in unity. It was funny, I was praying with B and some of the team in the back, and I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me, we keep wanting culture to get it right. But culture's not going to get it right if the church doesn't get it right. And it's important for us to get it right so that we can impact culture and so that we can see true unity across our world. So that's why now. Let me talk to you about why him. 
When Darla and I first moved here from Memphis, we, a, a group of our friends, about 18 of us, moved here to plant Victory Church in 2018. And one of the first things I did was join the YMCA, North Rutherford YMCA. And I would go to work out in the mornings. And uh, I remember one morning specifically, I saw this gentleman on the treadmill. And because of his stature, I thought this must be like a pro NBA player, right? It has to be an NBA player, or NFL player. And so I'm a sports freak, so I was going to figure out who it was and get to know him. Um, and so I just kind of, in, in a weird, awkward way, stalked him. Uh, I just kind of watched him every day. He has no, he's learning about this right now. Um, so if he gets up and leaves, it's okay. Just understand why. And so I would watch him every day. And here was the killer for me. Every time he walked in the gym, I, I don't, and this isn't the best explanation, but it's the only way I can explain it. It was like a walking ray of sunshine. Like, I know that's not the manliest thing we can say about him, but, but when he walked in the room, it was just like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like this aura was around him. As I got to know him, I understood that aura was Jesus Christ. But here was the killer for me, is that as he would walk through, every person he spoke to, Hispanic, black, white, old, young, female, male, every person he spoke to, he was so positive. He was so exciting. He left them. They, it was like they were talking to their favorite person in the world. Their, their eyes would light up. Their, their face would light up. And so I said two things to myself. I said, number one, I got to meet him. Number two, I need him in my life. That's just I needed him in my life. And so one day I went up, introduced myself to him. We got to talking. Immediately our hearts just started beating together. And it was funny because every time we'd get in the gym, and he'll testify to this, I'd walk up or he'd walk up and we'd start talking. And we'd get to talking about Jesus we get to start talking about love and grace. It'd be an hour, and we'd be in the gym weight room floor, and we hadn't touched a weight, all right? We would just be, and we were so loud. We were just like, oh, man, that's crazy. Oh. And we'd be high-fiving. Everybody in the gym's working out like, can y'all shut up? Like, could y'all move on and let us? And so uh, those days are special to me, again, because you're going to see something in a moment. You're going to hear something in a moment that is who he is. It's his heartbeat, and it's the heartbeat of Victory Church. And so I thought it was important during this series that if this message was going to be communicated, it had to be communicated right. And I felt like the Holy Spirit told me it had to be the right person. And I feel like today we got the right person. And so I want you to lean in. I want you to open your hearts. I want you to open your ears. The Bible says you have ears, but you don't listen. I want you to listen. I want you to be ready to receive the message that's coming today, the idea today, because we can't lead without unity. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to show a video. It's going to get you hyped. It's going to get you going. Once that video's over, he's going to come up. Do me a favor. When that video's over, get up on your feet and give a victory welcome to B. Haley. You ready? Check out this video. We have to stop focusing on the many little minors that we let divide us and focus on the one major that unites us. That's Jesus. God created us all as beautiful shades of race for us to complete each other, not to compete against each other. Now, do you get it? We are one. Let's go. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Win. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. Let's go. Let's go. All the way up. Down. Let's go. Let's go. I'm all the way up. White people. What's up, Victory Church? Hold up, guys. Let me try this again. What's up, Victory Church? How you guys doing? My name is B. Haley. And first of all, I'm so excited. I'm so humbled. I'm so honored. And let me give honor where honor's due. Right now, 
Troy, and Darla Powell. Amen? Clap it up for them. I met Troy at the YMCA, like he said. I was lifting weights, we was pumping. Yeah, you guys can be seated, it's all good. <laughs> pumping iron, doing our thing, but most of all, everything starts in the mind. If your spiritual, if your spiritual mind is right, everything else falls in line, amen? amen? Victory, I am so happy to be here. I just wanna go over a couple things with you guys. And we're just gonna talk here today like we're a family, okay? We're a family. We're gonna have real talk. Everybody say real talk. Come on, say real talk. I love this, man. You guys are so amazing. And if I say freaking, trust me, I'm not saying that other word. I'm saying freaking like Jesus freak. I helped write a song with a guy named Toby Mac. I didn't write Jesus freak, but I wrote a bunch of other songs. Well, my name is B. Haley. I played drums for this guy named Toby Mac for 18 years. In the past uh, eight of those years, I became a speaker too. So my heart was burning with this message uh, called We Are One, right? So uh, God has given me, guys, I didn't play the live Amazing Beast before in my life, but the best beat I have ever truly ever experienced is truly the heartbeat of Jesus, amen? amen? And here it is. You guys ready? Everybody do me a favor. Raise up one finger like this. Raise up one finger like this and say one. one. Awesome. Let me ask you a question, Victory. How is it as a massive body of Christians like here today, we can have the most access to Jesus but in return, we do the very least with it. My brothers and sisters, that's because we are divided. And it clearly says throughout the word of God, a house divided against itself cannot and will not stand. Jesus gave us the great commandment right here in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine, the greatest commandment that filters all the rest of them. He said this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what does it truly mean for me to love my neighbor as myself? And I love me some B. Haley, and hope you guys love me some you, right? This is what it means, that yo, when I see you, I'm supposed to see myself. And when you see me, you're supposed to see yourself. That means that we're called to reflect each other. And according to our Jesus, that means this one thing. We are one. Everybody say one. One. True story, they're not here to brag on themselves, so I brag for them. Toby Mac in Diverse City. What I saw them do over 21 years ago for this one particular guy. And by religious standards, this was a huge no-no. Everybody say no-no. No-no. But let me paint a picture of this guy because this guy came to us in a very broken, in a very bad place. This guy was a wannabe thug. This guy was a drug dealer. This guy had three different children by three different women. This guy was fatherless with a lot of broken dreams. This guy was introduced to the church but nobody took the time to introduce him to Jesus. This guy had an eating disorder. This guy was so beat up by the church and by the world, this guy thought on several occasions of taking his own life. Now, I don't know if they meant to do this, but let me show you what Toby Mac and Diverse City did for this one particular guy. Let's pretend like this is a cross. Watch this, watch this, pretend like this is a cross. They decided to love this guy to the cross instead of judging him away from the cross. They decided to love this guy to Jesus instead of judging him further and further and further away from Jesus. Yo, victory. I saw this firsthand. This was a huge miracle. Because, yo, check it. This guy is me. That's the power of real love. See, the real love that our Jesus is talking about is not an if. If you do this, if you do that. The real love that our Jesus is talking about is a no matter what. 
We're called to love and serve each other no matter what, according to our Jesus. Amen? Amen. Victory, please hear me out. God sent his son Jesus to save all of our souls, not our skin tones. Let me say that again. God sent his son Jesus to save all of our souls, not our skin tones. See, we have to stop falling for the bait. I got to keep it real with you guys. See, these days, see so many Christians, more, so, let me say it again, so many Christians, again, so many Christians are more concerned in the way the others act instead of truly interacting with the others. Well, guys, we have to stop falling for the bait. We have to stop letting Satan divide us, amen? How do you truly know who's leading and influencing a situation? Well, yo, if something is causing you to divide, that's Satan. But if something is causing you to unite, that's Jesus. I just, lay, I just like saying it like this. Satan is a divider, but our Jesus is the ultimate uniter. Amen? My whole life, I've always been taught this story, this lie right here. It's always us against them. Us against them. From a kid. You come up, us against them, right? What do we see these days within our country these days with, with politics? Us against them. In churches, us against them. Colleges, us against them. And sadly to say, as racist, still us against them. But what if, what if we took the perspective of Jesus when it comes to race? See, I don't believe God created all these beautiful shades of race, all these beautiful differences for us to compete against each other. No, he created us for a different reason. That's simply so that we will complete each other. We have to stop seeing each other as competition and start seeing each other as completion in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. True story. Eight years ago, I decided to join this Bible study. And this Bible study was just so freaking dope. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. For all of you bonnet challenge people, please do not get scared. Dope means awesome. Yeah, just awesome. <laughs> just awesome in the name of Jesus. But it's all about studying the posture of Jesus throughout the New Testament. And yo, whenever you study the posture of our Jesus throughout the New Testament, you never caught our Jesus posture like this. Arms folded, arms closed. You never caught our Jesus saying anything like this. Yeah, dog, I got mine. You better get yours. <laughs> no, my brothers and sisters at all times, you caught our Jesus posture like this. Yeah. Arms wide open, yeah. even to the cross. This was the same posture that he had on the cross. This posture is just not for brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. This posture is too for everybody in the world. This posture is not about what we can get. This posture is all about what we're called to give. And we're simply called to give the love and the service of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Everybody say one. one. Everybody say one. one. I love this right here. This is a scripture right here. What my homie, no, what Jesus' homie, Peter, wrote about Jesus. I say homie. Sorry, Ebonic challenge people. Homie just means friend, close friend, okay? No, the homie, Jesus. What Peter wrote about Jesus right here in Romans 15, 16. So long, we didn't ask the wrong question. We didn't, the church has asked the wrong question for so many years. You know the question we ask? We point our finger and we say, how did you get that way? How did you get that way? Oh, homie, how did you get that way? You good? That's the wrong question to ask. Listen to what Peter wrote about Jesus right here. He said this, Romans 15, 1 through 6. He said this, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and help those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. I like this. It says this, strength is for service, not status. 
Each one of us needs to look after the good of other people around us, asking ourselves this. This is the question, which is really the answer that changes everything. How can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy on himself by avoiding people's trouble, but he waged right in to help out. I took on the troubles is the way scripture puts it about Jesus. Amen? Everybody say this word. Say culture. culture. Come on, say culture. culture. Every time I get on a, a Zoom call, a business meeting, just finished up with the NBA last week, everybody has a culture. The NBA has a culture. This church has a culture. Colleges, you have a culture. Culture, 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 culture. Everybody has a culture, right? What is culture? Culture is whatever we identify ourselves with, whether that's race, religion, or political stance. Let me say this. If your culture is causing you to hate anybody for any reason, let me recommend this. Put down your culture. And together, let's pick up the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And truly picking up the kingdom of Jesus Christ says, love and serve your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Can I be very transparent with you guys? We're family, right? I've been doing this thing for a long time. I've been traveling, playing drums professionally, and now speaking now for eight years. And these are the top two things I've seen why I feel like our Christian uh, stature is in uproar. The first thing I see is this. See, these days, most of our Christian leaders, and this is not Troy Powell. That's why I be coming to this church when I'm in town. This is not you. This is not Darla. That's why I'm up here. This is what I see. You know what? Some of our Christian leaders these days, no, most of them. I'm keeping it real. I'm a real talker. Most of them, they're more called to the business of Jesus than the true heartbeat of Jesus. What's the true heartbeat of Jesus? What can I give? What is the business of Jesus? What can I get? We have to shift our thinking. And the second thing I see is this. You guys see uh, these days we done created so many Christian idols, right? So many Christian idols. And when they fall, we're in a disarray. But let me say this, just like this shirt and Troy has it on too, we're not called to be like other Christians. We're only called to be like Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. We're not called to be like other Christians. I love you, boo-boo. But yo, I'm not called to be like you. I'm only called to be like Jesus Christ. Amen? That is a game change. Clap it up for that, y'all. Clap it up for that. Right now, I'm just sick of... No, let me, let me rephrase that. Sorry, Troy. Right now, it's time for us to graduate and transform. Transform into what, B? I'm so glad you asked, Victory. Transform into just not talking about Jesus. It's time for us now to morph into being Jesus. Jesus said, even when we do greater works, he's undone. Don't you know you have the power, the creator of the universe is on the inside of you? So who are you not to be? It's funny, because when I was coming up to, if you said anything about you being like God or being God, that was like blasphemy, right? That's not blasphemy. That's your true identity. Greater is he that is within you than he or anybody that's in the world. That is the ultimate game changer. Now, I totally get it. I totally get it. I get why Satan's been trying to divide us. Because, yo, Jesus gave us the answer all the way back then. But it's so funny. It just wasn't the answer for back then. It's the answer for right here and right now. And think about this. This scripture, this is one of Jesus' last prayers before going to the cross. This was the motivation that he had on his mind. I don't know about you guys, but you best better believe, if I know I'm about to die, what I'm praying for, it better be the game changer. But listen to the answer that Jesus gave us right here in John. 
17, 21, 22. He said this, Father, I pray that they all may be one, just as you and I are one, as you're in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have gave me, that they all may be one, as we are one. Now, everybody, throw your ones up in the air right now. Let's plant the heartbeat of Jesus right here and right now in your beautiful city and state. Repeat after me as loud as you can. Say, we are, we are one. one. Again, say, we are, we are one. one. In the name of Jesus. And just let me say this, and this is very, very, very radical, but please hear me out. Hear me out on this, y'all. Don't judge me. Judge Jesus on this. May I please submit for your consideration this. All white people are not racist. All people of color are not criminals. All Muslims are not ISIS. And you and all cops are not bad. We have to stop, stop hating each other because of our past and start loving and serving each other immensely well for our eternal future in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's your cue to clap right there. That's good news. Man, I just feel like this. As churches, we have to stop doing everything just because it's the easiest thing to do and get back to doing everything just because it's the right thing to do. See, hate is easy, but love, love is right. Just ask Jesus. Last two quotes I want to give you guys. I had the honor and the privilege of meeting this, this amazing man about three or four times playing his festivals. But the first quote I want to give you is from the late, great Dr. Billy Graham. He said this, It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict. God's job is to judge. My job and your job is simple. We were made to love. And then, I love this, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's how I got to say his name. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You see the face? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Now, I love what he said. The quote of quotes for me. He said this, Darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. Let me please leave you with this scripture. And this scripture is very radical and it's true, but that's how Jesus rocks. He's always blunt. It says this in 1 John 4, 17, 21. If any man boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or his sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. Oh, gosh. He is a liar. If he won't love the person he can't see, how can he love the God he can't see? The commandment is very blunt from Christ. Loving God includes loving people. You have to do both. It comes down to this, y'all. This love that I'm talking about, a no matter what, it's undefeated. Listen, I'm saying real love is undefeated. That doesn't mean real love is perfect. No, honestly, real love hurts. But it's tried, it's tested, and it's true because it works as Jesus. We have the power on the, on the inside of us to change the trajectory within our communities and the whole trajectory within our country. This thing is fireproof. It is undefeated. Troy. Come on, come on, give it up one more time. Be Haley.
All right, now chill out. Sit back down. He'll quit traveling and just start coming here every Sunday trying to take my job. I wanted so bad for you guys to hear not only the message, but the heartbeat behind the message. You know what I think is so great, B, is our presentation is different, but our heartbeat's the same. You know what I mean? Like, I go back to those days in the gym, and you're tall, good-looking, and strong, and I look like this. That was y'all's cue to be like, oh, you good, you look good, Pastor. Y'all failed. Settle down. Don't, we'll start the marriage conference today, all right? But again, two, two totally different people, individuals, same heartbeat. You know, I think often we get a little bit afraid of this concept of unity because we think to have unity, we have to change who we are. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so to unify, does that mean I have to become you? Or does that mean you have to become me? And it's neither. Watch this. Unity is actually defined like this. Retaining uniqueness while moving towards the same goal. It's remaining who I am. I, I can't be B. Haley. I would like to be. I'm begging him to take me when he chaplains the NBA. I'm like, come on, man. I love Jesus. Let me go. It's another plug. I can't be him. I, I'm me. And what I love about our church is we've never tried to be somebody that we're not. This is just who we are. You know, we have issues. We have problems. We're not perfect, but we're sanctified in Jesus. We're righteous because of Jesus. And so when I say unified, it's, it's you staying unique to who you are. It's you staying unique to who you are. It's him staying unique to who he is. But we're all moving towards the same goal. Imagine when he walks out in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, and Toby Mac has been rocking out this concert, and here he comes with that kind of energy and that kind of excitement and says things like dope, right? And says, says these things to a crowd that may or may not get it. And he's never once asking that crowd to be like him. He's asking them to think like Christ. Here's what you need to hear. Unity is oneness of purpose, not sameness of person. It's oneness of purpose. What's the purpose? That every person that we come across would hear the grace and gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Despite color, despite household, how they were raised, where they were born, that they'd be able to hear the gospel. You know, B, you said something when you were talking about completeness. And I knew I had a few moments after you, and so I prayed all week. It was the most unique sermon prep I've ever had. I'm like, how do you prepare for three minutes, right? Like, I don't really know. But there was a phrase that the Lord kept bringing back to my mind all week when I prayed, and it was complete unity. Because in John 17, Jesus said complete unity. See, I mentioned at the beginning that I liked how the timeline worked because when I, when I designed this series, we designed it out of the book of John. We've been following Jesus in the book of John every week. And it's so funny to me that the entire ministry and movement of We Are One is based on John. How on time is that? But in John, Jesus said complete unity, complete unity. And I started thinking about that, and all of a sudden, the Lord brought a story back to my mind about, I don't know, a few months ago during the summer, uh, Casey Ray, my youngest. So, so if you don't know my family, me, 
uh, Darla, my wife, and then we have two little girls, uh, 12-year-old Veda, and I guess big girl, and seven-year-old Casey Ray. And Casey Ray goes on a trip with my mom for about a week, and then Darla and I go on a, this was a vacation because we were without kids, okay? So amen, can I get an amen, parents? Yeah, we went on a vacation, and by the time we got back, Casey Ray went from with my mom, then she went with Darla's parents in Memphis. So by the time it was all over, we were without Casey Ray for about three and a half weeks. It was just me, Darla, and then, and then for the, a lot of it, Veda. And it was so funny because we'd be doing something during the day, and then all of a sudden Darla would look at me, or I'd look at Darla, and we'd be go, you know what, we just don't feel complete. You know, like, like we're, we're, we're having a great time, and it's exciting, and, you know, we would be doing fun stuff with Veda, or we'd be working, or, but we would just have moments where it's like, I just, we don't feel like, we just don't feel complete. And it's so funny to me that, that, you know, something inside of us knows that we are without one, right? Like, no one had to say it. Casey Ray's at school. You don't, you don't see her every moment of the day, but something inside of us just knew we're not complete. Something's missing. The reason why a message like this is so passionate to me, the reason why I think me and B are like iron that sharpens iron is because even though it may not be said, there's something inside of me that knows that if it's all white, if it's all black, if it's all Hispanic, whatever you, look, it's not complete. There's just something in it, you know, it's good, like, like we're having a good time, but something's just not right. Because God put something in us. When God designed us, can I tell you something he did not put in us? was racism. He didn't do it. Whether we've been taught, whether we've been trained. And I just think that the God in us goes, you know what? Something just, something's not right. And I love that our church has a movement and a mindset that believes that, but a lot of us are experiencing a culture on a daily basis that doesn't. And I think it's important that we get it so that then we can be influences in our job. Listen, some of us have family members, they don't get it. Some of us have coworkers, they don't get it. And God has put you in position to lead. God has not put you in a position to keep your mouth shut. Well, I'm just not going to ruffle any feathers. I didn't tell you to be a jerk. But you have to walk in that unity, walk in that message, walk in that gospel. Here's what Jesus said in John 17. We are one. I don't get to go, put your ones up. You know, it doesn't work for me. I'm going to come up with something else. Yeah. Put your serve on the dream teams up. Or I don't know what it is. Whatever I can do to move you complete unity. But then I want to show you one more thing. And this is, this is how I really want to focus our prayer. I was reading John 17. Just read it every day this week. Read it. It's like, God, you, you think about this. You took a man, and, and I don't know how many, like, when I first heard your message, I didn't know that you were that guy. You might have thrown us off by saying you were obese. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But like, I didn't know that was you. And for you to go through all of that, and then experience Jesus through a couple of people. Life be transformed. Now watch this. He's got a little girl. He's got multiple daughters, but little girl Leone is the one I know the most. And now she's being raised up to follow Christ. All because of a moment where people said, you know what, we're one. But 
my point to that was that you read something in John 17 that transformed your life. You read something in John 17 that then made you want to create this ministry where this is what you, thousands of people hear that message all the time, all the time. So I'm reading John 17, reading it, reading it. Watch this. Put it back up for me, Mr. Andrew. Thank you. Paul. John 17, verse 23, 24. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. There it is. Watch this. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This was the part that I had read and didn't really pay attention to. Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Here's what Jesus is saying. I don't want unity just so that we can have different races join in a building and be friends. I want everybody to be in heaven. That's what Jesus was saying. Because if we're not careful, we'll, we'll stereotype this message, we'll package this message, and we'll make an agenda out of it. And it'll be more about how diverse can we get in the room and miss the whole point of the message which is the fact that every person needs the grace of Jesus Christ. Every person needs to hear the gospel. Every person needs the opportunity to give their heart to Jesus and to be saved. Jesus said, I want them all with me in heaven. I want every person that I come across despite ethnicity to go to heaven. Isn't that the message? Because, can I, can, I, can I just give you a thought and then we'll get ready to close. I know that, that this concept of racism is a, can be a very wide umbrella. But listen to me in this statement. When there is racism, somebody misses out on the message of salvation. And to me, that's what matters that every person hears the message of salvation. Do me a favor, would you stand with me? Hey B, go ahead and come back up here with me, bud. You know, I thought to myself, this is not a new message for you. You've heard this message. But I thought, what's a unique way to communicate it to you? What's a way that you may never forget? I think you're hard to forget. When you got white people doing this. <laughs> Chill out, I'm white, I get it. You know, that's hard to forget. You go home and you're talking to your parents, you're like, we was doing this in church this morning. I don't know what was happening. But hopefully you remember the message. Hopefully you go home and read John 17 and let that really speak to your heart. Hopefully from now on, the idea is this. I'm more concerned about getting to heaven. I'm more concerned about these people hearing the gospel than I am my past. Than I am something that has tried to train me or teach me. And so we were talking about that. This might be a good idea. Do me a favor real quick. And if you don't like this, I'm sorry. You don't have to do it every Sunday. It's just today. So don't think this is what we do. But can we grab the hands of the person beside you? The best that you can. 
the best that you can. Come over here. Come over here. Get over here. Hey, y'all, Jeb, go, go, y'all, y'all are by, come down here. Go somewhere. Grab Keon's hand. And before we do anything, just, just take a second. Look at the person beside you. Just talk to him for a second. Say, hey, how you doing? Hey, nice to meet you. How you doing? How you doing? We were having small group training one night, and there was, I think there was 10 or 12 people in small group. Here, I'll, I'll let you go for a second. I don't want you to, I mean, I, I like holding you, but um, <laughs> he ain't never coming back. Uh, we were having small group training, and, and Rosalind was sitting here, and we, we were talking. We were training everybody, and, uh, and we, we, it just totally didn't cross my mind. We were almost done, and Rosalind said, well, hold on, can we, can we introduce everybody? She said, I don't even know everybody in the room. I said, man, I didn't even think about that. Because, you know, obviously in my position, I tend to know everybody in the room. And it made me think, how many of y'all don't know the person whose hand you're holding right now? How are we going to be one and we don't even know each other? Right? So I felt like this is a great starting point for us as a church. God has brought us to a place that needs biblical diversity. He gave us a building. Now's the time. You should never come into this building and leave without saying hi to somebody that you know. So today's the day. If you got your, I've already, you're holding their hand. Now's the time to get to know their name. If you're single, if you're single, get some digits. You know what I mean? Ask them out to Blaze or something. Get you some Slim and Huskies after church. It's an opportunity to know somebody. So when we get ready to pray and we end, don't, don't let go of the hand and storm out. Stop for a second and go, hey, this is who I am. It's nice to meet you. Tell me your name. Where do you work? What do you do? That's what it's creating, right? But I thought it'd be cool while we're holding each other's hands to say a prayer. First over us, then over the church, then over our world. Guys, this is serious. You know, it's funny, B, man, in our culture, stuff happens. I know y'all are holding hands. Keep holding hands. If you don't like it, you should have sanitized before you came in. It's so easy to move on to the next thing. Remember when COVID was a problem? Remember that? We used to have that as a problem. It's a joke, guys. Y'all screaming for him. Come on, give me some grace. And if we're not careful, the next bad thing happens, and so then we move on to the next bad thing. And, and lack of unity still exists. You know what I mean? It's, it's a real deal. It's not just, oh, we hadn't heard about it on the news for a while. It must not be a big issue anymore. No, it's a big issue. And I just think it's important for us as leaders. We are leaders. You are a leader. You're a leader. You're a Christian, biblical believing, made righteous in Christ believer. And hate cannot be around you. Your quote, hate can't do nothing. Only love can do that. You're little love leaders. How you like that? That's right off the dome. Little love leaders. Go out. Teach your kids love, not hate. Be, be a beacon in your job of love, not hate. And I'm going to be real with you for a second. I understand that it might not be you. I understand that the way you were raised, it may not be the norm. That's okay. You're not a bad person. But we can change that. We can change that. And it starts by prayer. Jesus, re 
transform my heart. David prayed, God, make me a clean heart. A clean heart. Because culture dirtifies it and the world dirtifies it. Lord, give me a clean heart. Amen? I think I might go for another 10 minutes and keep making y'all whole hands. This is so much fun. Father, I believe in prayer. I really do. Your Bible says when one or more gathered, there you are. Father, it talks about three strands and how they cannot be broken. Father, we're uniting today under a message that you preached to us in John 17. In John 17, it says you are praying over the believers. We're believers. We're believers in your gospel. We're believers in your Holy Spirit. And we're praying that whatever we can do, Father, to help unify our world, that you would use us. I start, first of all, praying for us in this room, for every person that was raised differently, for every person in here who has had an experience or a run-in with a person and it scarred them. For every person that's ever been put down and stepped on and kicked, demoralized or devalued, Father, I pray right now you'd restore them with your love. That they would understand that they are a son and a daughter of the King. Father, I'm not praying that we forget our skin color. That's who we are. It's unique to who we are. But help us understand that you love us all equally. Help us see the value in one another. Help us empower one another. Help us to pray for one another. And give us a burden to see each other in heaven. I pray for healing right now. Every person in this room that's ever experienced racism or disunity, hatred in any way, that there would be supernatural healing. I pray for that one right now, Father, who's wanted to be delivered of it for years and can't shake it, that your Holy Spirit could set them free right now in this moment. Like chains falling down to the ground. The individual right now in this room that experienced something firsthand and it scarred their heart and they haven't been able to love people in general and they've been mad at you, God, for it. Healing right now, I pray. I pray for our church that you would unify us like never before. That you would help us to be a beacon of light to diversity, to preach the real gospel. The real gospel of love, unity. Father, I pray we'd understand right now that Jesus isn't white. you would help us to understand what it means to truly be diverse and be Christ followers. We pray for the church right now, Father. The churches that surround us, the churches that our family members are in, the churches that surround not only our state but our world, that every believer would be burdened right now. And I know many that are. 
But how is the world going to get it if the church can't get it? So, Father, speak to our hearts, I pray. I pray for our world right now. I know sometimes it can seem so big that we think there isn't much we can do about it. But God, you never, told, you never called us to save the world. But you did call us to pray for it. That if we would turn from our wicked ways, seek your face. Father, you'd heal our land. That's what your word says. Did you hear that, church? That's what his word says. We preach the promises of God. He promised us that if we turn from our wicked ways, thanks to grace, and if we would pray, he would heal our land. So, Father, we pray right now. We pray that we would understand the power of our prayers and that we would make it a daily thing to pray for unity, diversity in our world. I pray for B right now. I pray for him as a person, for him as a father. Lord, as he goes and, and preaches these messages and, and stadiums filled with people who don't know you, that not only would the message of diversity come across, but that people would seek you, Lord. Thank you for our relationship. Thank you for five years ago when we met our hearts have been sewn together ever since. 